This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, just came down. Joe Burrow is going to play tonight on the Monday Night Football with the strained calf. So we'll keep an eye on that as we have another doubleheader tonight on Monday Night Football. Welcome back in here at 530 on the Blitz 1170, streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. My name is Jeremy Poplin, Bryce Holtz alongside Colby Daniels as well. And let's welcome in Dusty Dvorak, who joins us now here on the Blitz. Dusty, what's going on, buddy? How was your weekend? Uh, it was a great weekend. I hope you guys had the same. Um, actually, you know what? I'm lying. It wasn't a great weekend. My game, my game was a blowout, which I never like. Texas absolutely steamrolled Baylor. Uh, this just in, they're really, really good. And Kobe and I's beloved Cowboys stunk up the joint. I think Arizona is running for more yards right now. Yep, that's right. Uh, James Conner and Rondell Moore actually just gained another first down. So other than that, it was a great weekend, but those were two pretty uh, low points for my fabulous football weekend how about you boys? there's a flag on the field there's a flag on the field add 15 yards to whatever james connor just got so uh, breaking news how did that how did that happen how did that happen yesterday unbelievable uh yeah there's a uh there's so many directions uh, you know what i'll give you to the floor here towards the end so you can share your grievances with the cowboys i do have one college question though and that is you yeah. got to see it in person what the hell has happened to baylor like what? What's going on down there, man? I mean, there's there's a lot. I think the easy answer to that is when Blake Shapen went down. So did any semblance of quality quarterback play. I mean, Sawyer Robertson, the Mississippi State transfer, he ain't it. And you could see it. It was all over the film as I was preparing for this game. I mean, he had massively struggled in the previous two games. And I think he saw that again on, on Saturday night. Now, to put it all on quarterback play would, would be a lie. But, I mean, I think it starts there. Um, the offensive line got completely overwhelmed by Texas. And defensively, it just lost a lot of their really good players the last couple of years. I mean, I, they're just not a very confident or very good football team right now. And they played Utah down to the wire a couple of weeks ago, and it gave me – some hope that maybe if things went the right way, that could happen again. But it was just um, – it was a rough outing on Saturday night. And I don't know if you guys have seen, they're 12-point underdogs at UCF. Like, who would have thought that before Oof. the year, that they would be almost two touchdown underdogs uh, there in Orlando. So, they got a lot to fix, a lot to clean up. They're an outside zone running team. Uh, you know, that, that's their staple play. That's what Jeff Grimes, that's what they base everything off of. They're a heavy 12, two tight end personnel team, run that outside zone, and they play action off of it. And they, they're not running the football very effectively. Dominic Richardson was back the other night, but he was ineffective. And, you know, the fact that they don't have any quarterback play, really many weapons to distribute the football to, that offense is really, really struggling. And that defense has got some holes as well. So, uh, I was um, I was hopeful that they would give us at least a half, and unfortunately, they gave us a quarter, and that was about it on Saturday night. Well, with that win, uh, Texas still unbeaten, and Oklahoma remains unbeaten with the win at Cincinnati, and maybe we're inching closer to a potential uh, unbeaten matchup at the Red River rivalry. Um, in terms of the, the win over Cincinnati, Dusty, I mean, the defense, once again, off the charts, fantastic, and, I mean, probably a better performance than 
anyone could have envisioned on the road. It, it was defensively. Um, Danny Stutzman, I mean, wow, guys. I mean, this guy is just – he is just playing at a different level, different speed, different level. His blitzing has just been phenomenal. You know, Jaron Cannick goes out, which I've been told he's okay. And, you know, he goes out and then, you know, it was no problem for Danny Stutzman to slide over and play a different linebacker. And, it's you know, I don't – most people think, oh, it's a, you know, what's the difference between a Mike and a Will? Well, there's a big difference. And he was able to slide over – and play that position no problem. Um, you know, the defensive line, you know, I, I can't – if anybody just really just wowed me, I thought Rondell Bothroyd, stat sheet didn't, didn't wow you, but if you watch that game, he was a lot of penetration, a lot of disruption. But overall, they just played well. Key Lawrence, who I've been surprised at how well he stepped up and played this year. You know, he came up with another interception. I think my favorite part about that game the other night, or the other day, was – the, you know, three possessions consecutively in the second half when the offense was really struggling uh, and it's fourth and two, three consecutive possessions, and you get stops every time. You know, a year ago, they weren't getting those stops. They weren't closing out games. They weren't forcing teams to settle for field goals. And that's what this, this Sooner defense did on Saturday there in the Queen City. Uh, I thought those three consecutive fourth down stops were – as big a reason why Oklahoma won that game as anything, because as much as it sure feels like this is a really good Oklahoma defense, the offense where they really sputtered and struggled. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm starting to get concerned about the offensive line and their ability to run the football. I don't know what's going on in that running back room, but it's like, I mean, good luck guessing who's going to be the lead back each and every week. And it's not like we're seeing all these guys and one guy's got the hot hand. I mean, we didn't even see Gavin Sawchuck on Saturday. So I was happy to see Marcus Major be able to get a couple of nice runs. But running – and I get it. We, we talked a lot about Dante Corleone. We talked a lot about Jawan Briggs, about this aggressive Cincinnati defense. But three yards of carry, I, I was just I was a little disappointing. And really don't even be able to muster 20 points. Oklahoma won by 14 points. You don't apologize for a two-touchdown win on the road to kick off Big 12 play to anybody. But I don't know how you guys felt. It felt a little bit closer than 14 points. And I just think that if the offense can take some steps in the right direction and complement that defense, it's a pretty good football team in Norman. So that's kind of where I was going with your last statement there about complementing the defense. Because when I just look at the defense overall as a whole, and Billy Bowman was asked about the secondary improving. And after the game, he said something that is 100% factual. And he said, you know, the confidence that we're giving right now is everything that's happening in front of us because, because the defensive line is helping the linebackers, linebackers help us, and on down the line. That's about as complimentary that I've seen the entire defense play together over this course of four games so far for them than we've seen in years. Yeah, all three levels, uh, you know, really play well. I thought they did that against Tulsa. Yeah. I thought the defensive line, you know, play on the other side of the ball, create a lot of tackles for loss. You know, that's, that's what – you know, Brent Venables, they, his defenses, they've historically done really well at that. And then, you know, I just been in the right position. The linebackers have been outstanding this year. And the secondary has really stepped up and played well. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's exactly right. It has been complimentary football. And when, when you can get good rotational depth, especially up front, I think it makes everybody's life a little bit easier, right? Like when, when you're able to – to play on the side of the football, be in your gap, force running backs to 
uh, you know, to bounce or, or to cut back inside when you set good firm edges. I mean, it, it makes it cleans things up. It makes the linebacker's life a lot easier when you can get a little bit of pressure and get quarterbacks uncomfortable. It makes the secondary's life a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, that's probably as good a performance on the road in a Big 12 game as I can remember from an Oklahoma defense. You guys would probably have to really uh, – we'd have to really sit down and, and try to figure out when the last time they performed that well start to finish. I don't want to make Cincinnati have to be a juggernaut offensively. They're not. But to hold that team to six points at home when they're coming off a loss to Miami of Ohio, which they put up over 500 yards in that game, by the way. I thought um, that defense continues to make strides and as good as it's been early in the season, I thought they really played their best game of the year and kick off Big 12 play, which is what we wanted to see because last year's Big 12 opener against Kansas State was anything, what, anything but what we saw on Saturday there in Cincinnati. You know, there are so many elements of this defense that we talked about in the offseason that needed to be improved. Just the rushing defense in general, uh, the defense in the fourth quarter, third down defense, uh, the red zone defense in terms of uh, touchdown percentage. I mean, they, you know, it's, it's, again, a small body of work only four weeks into the season, and they will have some much tougher offensive opponents to come uh, in the weeks ahead. But, I mean, already the, the numbers indicate a drastic difference in all of those key areas to this point. Yeah, numbers indicate that, and, and so does the tape, you know. I mean, it all matches, and that's exactly where you want to be. I, I saw a stat today. Bill Conley's got some advanced analytics, and, and they have – I think Oklahoma run defense right now is number three in explosive rate probability uh, versus the run. Like, nobody's getting any big chunk runs. Like, even when there are some – you know, they're giving up some, some runs, they're not – 30, 40-yard gains, and I think that is something we saw too much of last year. So I think limiting explosives in the run game has been a real key. And, uh, yeah, the, the run defense, as much as anything, run defense, third-down defense, as well as um, red zone defense has been outstanding. And those are all very important factors. And, and the interceptions are coming too, right? Like, I mean, this is a team that did not pick off a lot of passes a year ago, and it's amazing that – when, when, when you know how to play the proper technique, you know where to be, and you're in the right position, good things happen. And that's, that's really what's happening for this defense right now. Uh, good to see Desan McCullough back out there. I thought he played well, um, and, and, and he's healthy, and he's flying around. And, I, I, again, I think it really does go back to just the depth, guys. I mean, we're seeing a lot of different bodies out there making plays for the center defense. And, boy, it's, um, it's really good to see. I, I love it. You know, we're talking about uh, dominant Oklahoma defense once again, and that's what was expected when Brent Venables was hired. Let's jump over to uh, Oklahoma State. I don't know how much of it that you got to see, but uh, for every step forward, again, a couple of step backs for, for them in, in certain areas for them. They did let Bowman go the entire way, and yeah, they scored more points than what they have typically, Dusty, but it still didn't have a, a good feel to it by any means. Uh, I had a chance to watch it, Pop. I always, uh, whether on my, my, my flights back or I always find a time to, to watch Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I described it uh, last night on TV. It's kind of like uh, when there's a, a, you know, a, a leak in the dam and you plug one hole and another one uh, you know, emerges. Like last week against South Alabama, it was stopping the run. Well, they stopped the run well against a bad rushing offense and 
Then they're just giving up free runners down the field. Now, I know they probably watered that field because it looked slick and footing was an issue for Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, I thought Rawls being out and Epps coming in, they kind of took advantage of him at times too. But, man, just guys wide open down the football field. And, you know, part of that I think you have to attribute to, it's a new defense, guys trying to figure out their way, trying to understand exactly how they fit. But it's a big bye week, man, because I thought defensively uh, they did not pressure the quarterback first game all year. They didn't get a sack. They only had, I think, two pressures all game on, on Rocco Beck. And they made him look like a freaking, you know, an all-Big 12 caliber quarterback. And I want to give him credit. I thought he stepped up and played well. Definitely the best he's played all season or really throughout his young career. But and that's just – that's just disappointing um, that you're able to get right stopping the run and you got wrong, really wrong, stopping the pass. And as Coach Gundy kind of alluded to in the postgame, they had some of that issues last week in breakdowns and coverage. So uh, really a, 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 a need to make the most out of this bye week. And when, when Kansas State comes to town next week, show that they've made improvements. I actually like the fact that we only saw one quarterback. Like I didn't even care who it was. Just let one guy go out there. But then it's like, the, I mean, the protection issues for me, like I thought Alan Bowman was running for his life. I, I don't know how you guys felt. I, I haven't heard your commentary today, but I thought Alan Bowman did some pretty good things. I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say it was, uh, you know, an all-American type of performance, but he got off to a slow start. You know, it took him probably four really into the fifth series, but I love the play design from Casey Dunn, motion Jaden Nixon out, get him matched up on a linebacker. thought that was a perfectly placed football in that go route that 60-yard touchdown. I thought uh, Alan Bowman made some other good throws, but to your point, Pop, like that second interception, 17-20 game, early third, why make that throw? I don't even know why you're putting the ball in harm's way right there. I, I didn't love that decision from Alan Bowman. So I, I thought we saw some some good, we saw some bad, but and I hate to say it always kind of goes back to the offensive line, but it kind of goes back to the offensive line. I like the fact that, that Ollie Gordon got close to 20 carries. I've been asking for that. That was great. It was clearly a point of emphasis. I think the f- first four plays of the game offensively go to him, and he pops one for 71, uh, and he hits the sideline. But, you know, I don't want to say, well, take the big plays away and you have this, but the reality is, like, they're not consistently running for five, six yards a carry. I know that the numbers look that way for Ollie Gordon, but still I think the offensive line – it's kind of the root of quite a few of the problems. I thought they didn't protect well and just weren't consistent uh, and, and been able to block for the run throughout the course of that game. I mean, I don't, the running game was not the issue in this game. I thought protection and turnovers were as much as anything. But um, to give up 34 points to an Iowa State team that had just been lethargic the previous two weeks offensively, man, they're going to have to get some things right um, really after this bye week or it's, it's going to potentially be a long game against Kansas State because I thought Kansas State's offense was humming this week against UCF. And I thought they looked like a better team than the disappointment that was the South Alabama game. But And this team still needs to make big strides uh, moving forward. Well, that South Alabama game was just an all-time low, right? So, I mean, anything I think probably would have looked better than what they displayed the week before. Um, you know, talking about the offense, I know that Bowman had some moments and, and there were certainly some errors. You know, I, I think it's probably the same for whoever is out there, right? You're just not yep. in a situation where you're going to consistently be able to have success because of some of the elements that are outside of your control. 
And I mean, this is now an ongoing issue, Dusty. I mean, going back to last year when you lost Spencer Sanders, a guy that masked a lot of the issues, they haven't scored 30 points or more, Dusty, now in 10 straight games going back to last season. That's crazy, right? To think 30, about. Which is like, like an average Mike. number, right? That's not even, yeah. That's and, and then just to think about, though, kind of the foundation of what this program has been for so long under Mike Gundy. I mean, it's it's been offenses that can really score the football and have explosiveness. Um, and I know that I touched on the Nixon catch and, and that big rub by Ollie Gordon, but it's just, it's just really not there right now. That's a, that's a crazy stat. Ten straight games, not scoring 30 points. Wow. Um, I, I guess the real question is, and I don't have the answer, how do you fix it? You know, I, I mean – and it is a bye week, but what what are you doing? I and again, I, I don't want to make the, this is answers everything, but I still thought Brent Presley only getting two two catches for nine yards. Like, what's going on there, guys? Like, how how does that happen? Like, I, I still believe he's he's your best weapon at wide receiver, and he's just he's just not able not able to get in the football. It's um, Got a lot of head scratching, man. I I don't know. Um, I, and you texted me, Colby, on Saturday. The over hits in the first half. Like, who would have thought that? Like, it's like an <laughs> right. explosion of offense <laughs> on both sides of the ball. And I, you can't you can't lose the turnover battle by two and go on the road and and you know really expect to win a game when your offense is is unable and not equipped to move the football the way this one is. So um, back to the drawing board. I, you know I. I don't know if it's a good or a bad sign. I have yet to hear any kind of panic in Coach Gundy's voice, but I know this. i got to imagine there's a lot of fans around this fan base that are kind of hit the panic button right now. All right, we're up against it. So if you have 60 seconds to air your grievances about the Cowboys, now is the time to do it, dude. I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do and just swim out, right? It's NFL football. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> Cowboys, oh, that, that chuckle pop gets a win on Thursday. Wait, 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 no. I'm not. And he's just like, ah, 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 ah. Listen, we're fine. It's okay. I'm I just, I, I'm just hoping that, you know, the Diggs injury wasn't the start of some bad mojo. Uh, I'm just going to be positive. But if my biggest grievance, and there's a lot, especially with the run defense, but all that being said, how does Dak throw that pick at the end of the, at the, Ooh, end of the game? Oh, man. Good Lord. What, the, what was he looking at, Colby? How does that happen? Because as bad as it all was, you were still in position to win that game. You were still in position to have a chance to win that game as bad as it all was. What was Dak looking at there? Like That was an inexplicable, terrible interception late in that game. He's become a robot. Like I don't. I like. I just. I, I don't think that uh, there's still a, a person there. <laughs> hey, and you're gonna. You're gonna add more bad news. Uh, well, I mean, it's bad news, but um, the Texas Longhorns boys. That is a really good football team. That is a football team. Not saying they will, but they are capable of winning a national championship. Again, I'm not saying they're gonna win one. I'm not even saying that they're definitively gonna make it to the playoffs. But that team that I watched on film, especially against Alabama, and that film that I saw live and in person Saturday night, 
They've got all the ingredients and all the components to win a national championship. And I'm asked the last thing people around here want to hear, but it's the truth. Oklahoma, they, they need to take care of business against Iowa State this week, and they need to get better, especially offensively. That Texas defense, it is for real, especially up front. That D-line, they are ferocious. Let's hit more of that on Wednesday for sure. Uh, dude, I appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, we'll definitely do it again Wednesday. Always a pleasure. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight thinking about my Cowboys. Thanks, boys. <laughs> See you. That's Dusty Dvorak. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more next year. Wrapping it up here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.